Welcome into episode 13 of Real Estate Convos with Jake and Steve. My name is Jake Boucher, for those of you who are new. And I'm Steve Boucher. Welcome. And we want to thank you so much for tuning into this episode as we're going to be talking about appraising today. We have a, a pra- who's been in the, in the appraising business for how, how, long, how many years? Since 1999. So started appraising. 22 years in the, in the business. So he kind of knows what he's talking about. And we're kind of, I'm just going to give a quick rundown of what this episode is going to be about. We're going to talk about what is an appraisal. It's going to be the basics of appraising. What is an appraisal? Why do you need it? Uh, the type of financing that's involved, all that fun stuff. So he's going to kind of do what he's been doing for this entire podcast, which is throw a lot of information at you and you just gotta pay attention and just absorb what he's saying and you know go rewind if you need to and, and that type of thing so without further ado let's jump into the beginning which is basically what is an appraisal okay uh first of all let me back up a smidge and i would love to get into an actual appraisal basic series because everything we're going to discuss today i could actually break out into 10 to 15 minutes and actually give you more detail on how it applies to a buyer to a seller to a listing agent to a buyer agent to the lender there's so many layers to real estate to really get your fingers dirty and there's such misconception about what appraisals are what they're for who they're for and why they don't come in why they do come in i would love to dig in to do all of that personally so i would love to build a series if that's something you'd be interested in let us know yeah let us know like the video subscribe but okay so let's get back into an appraisal the basic answer is an appraisal is an opinion of value it is an opinion okay and there is a certain criteria and breakdown of what lenders want now i could do an appraisal for an estate i can do an appraisal for a bankruptcy i can do an appraisal for a private financing um i could do buyer agent by uh, appraisals to verify they're paying the right amount anybody can get a private appraisal anybody but today's episode i want to talk about how it applies to the to the lending side and how it affects a buyer seller or agent listing agent seller agent Okay, so we'll go with that. So an appraisal is an opinion of value based on a whole plethora of issues and and procedures and rules, regs, and guidelines. And appraisers, uh, they kill a lot of deals sometimes, and that's why their agents don't aren't aren't too fond of them. It well, yeah, we get a lot of bad press, no doubt, no doubt. Um, But if they Hopefully with this episode, uh, you start to figure out that we play by different rules because the banking and government uh, background demands it. They want neutrality. They want actual data. I have a million anecdotes of stories that I could tell you that pop up through the years that agents act one way, appraisers have to act another way. Agents can do a lot of things that appraisers cannot get or cannot ignore, basically. We have to do things according to the book um, because of the system. And uh, yeah, it kills deals, no doubt, no doubt. So why does a, a person need an appraisal for buying a house or? Well, again, if we're coming back to uh, today's episode will be basically from a banking perspective, okay? So you're a buyer, you wanna buy a house, you cannot afford to buy it cash, so you need a loan. You go to the lender, mortgage officer, you go somewhere for, for financing. It is up to that lender to look at your credit, to do all the background on you, where you're working, how long you've been there. They do all that stuff. That's a different animal and different topic. But an appraisal is needed basically to protect the bank's butt. 
Bottom line, simple answer. It doesn't help the buyer. It doesn't help the listing agent. It's not built to help anybody except the lender and the secondary mortgage market where the lenders, where the loans are sold. It protects their butt. Could care less if the deal flies or not flies. Could care less if, if a buyer gets the house or not gets the house or the sale happens or not happens. The bottom line is an appraisal is used to be the eyes of the lender, the eyes of the file of the loan, which is now an investment vehicle. They put tens of thousands of these loans together in a package and those tens of thousands of loans are worth hundreds of millions of dollars and that vehicle, that now investment vehicle is sold to an investment, an equity firm or somebody as collateral for future income, future uh, uh, interest, future payments, future whatever. So it's a, an investment vehicle. It's bigger than just a buyer and a seller. It's used to protect the bank's butt and where that loan goes in the future. Did you know that? I somewhat knew that, things but that, that was a better explanation. Things that make you go, hmm. And with that said, when, when do you need an appraisal? I mean, I know you're the busiest you've ever been right now, and people are refinancing, and there's so many people buying homes, especially over value. So like, when do you actually need an appraisal? Okay. Basically, the earlier, the better because there may be problems with value or there may be problems with data. So it is typically the process. You get a property under agreement, you're doing a refinancing, uh, refinance the second the, the bank understands you have a pulse. Yes, we've run your credit real quick. Yes, the house exists. They try to get the appraisal going quick, quicker. Because of the automation that everything is going through since the beginning of COVID, um, the electronic world, the internet world, the, the apps, the rocket mortgages, Quicken mortgages, which are the same people, by the way. Um, this stuff has started to speed up the industry to, to the nth degree. And the slowest part of the process is the appraisal. Okay, whether that's around in five years or not, whether I'm around as an appraiser in five years or not, that's a different issue, different topic. But the appraisal is the slowest part of a transaction. So it's typically ordered very quickly. That's a double-edged sword. You're very early in a transaction as a buyer and they're just taking as much money out of your pocket to commit you to the deal as quick as possible. That's the backdoor about bottom line. And ultimately, because there's less and less and less appraisers every year, a lot of appraisers hate the banking industry and where the industry has gone and where it's going from a technology standpoint, um, speed standpoint. They want it faster, they want it quicker, they want it yesterday. And appraisers have never been built to do that. We physically go see homes, we physically have to drive by comps, we physically have to do all kinds of extra stuff. So it's typically a, a dying breed, we're getting older, we're retiring, we hate the industry. So there's less and less and less people for more and more and more deals that want it faster and faster. That's a quick answer. But it's usually needed very early and it's needed for loan purposes. The more you put down, you put 50% down, they might not need an appraisal. You have super A1 credit and a ton of stuff behind you, collateral, equity of other properties, you might not need an appraisal. But for those just buying their first home, limited down payment, that type of thing, they need an appraisal for that. You're more of a risk. So pretty overwhelming the amount of stuff that goes on in appraisal. And you mentioned banks, so that the bank is also the AMC. Yeah. Or I don't know. I'm not, not I'm no expert about this. Okay. So what? What? So let is me, an AMC. Let, let me go back to the Great Recession, and that is what it's technically called: the Great Recession of 2008. The entire 
entire global financial system almost, almost collapsed. Okay. Because they rebuilt the mortgage process, the appraisal process, the credit process, your credit um, scores, all that stuff, all that was taken apart and rebuilt from the ground up starting in 2008. So somewhere around 2009, uh, Governor Cuomo or former Governor Cuomo, he just resigned the other day for God knows, he instituted what's called the HVCC, the Home Valuation Code of Conduct. And at that point, the day the legislation was signed, anybody that has contact with the appraiser, anybody that gets paid from a real estate transaction can no longer have contact with the appraiser. Okay, mm-hmm. 2009, HVCC, you can Google it, look it up all you want. They separated everybody I ever made a deal with, a contact with, my entire database went from 5,000 people in handshakes and meeting them at business meetings to not having contact with them overnight, one signature, okay? And the reality is they don't want the appraiser being influenced in any way, shape, or form. You have high markets, you have low markets, you have recessions, and you have boom scenarios currently like we're in. And they don't want the appraiser to be pressured into coming in with value to make mortgages happen. And oh my gosh, this has to come in, you know, to avoid PMI. And you know, this one's tied to five different deals and they're moving out of state. So this one has to go for the domino of other properties to go. That kind of pressure did exist back in the day. We used to get work orders from the lenders basically saying it must come in at this. We used to get phone calls every day saying, can you give me a rough idea if this is going to happen at this price? All of that was pressure on the appraisers to make these deals happen. Then you started getting blackballing. Blackballing was basically lenders and mortgage companies saying, we're not gonna use your services anymore because you don't come in at value, okay? But we're following a certain guideline and history of, of issues because like I just discussed, it goes back to the government, it goes back to too many different layers. If you don't come in at value, you can no longer do work for us. That's pressure. So this bill, divided the industry overnight, one signature, and what really came out of it was appraisal management companies, also known as AMCs. And they are the Switzerland, allegedly, of the real estate appraisal world. So we used to work direct with the lenders, now we have to direct with a third party, neutral party, who runs the appraisal division, the ordering system, and the oversight without the lender. That's how it started in 2009 and they're called appraisal management companies. They're also called uh, AMCs. So with that said, bringing it to today, they have found back doors. They have found creative stuff through the government holes that now a lot of the big lenders have their own appraisal management companies within their umbrella of companies. So it's not their direct company, it's an umbrella of their company. It's just the bigger getting bigger and they're gobbling up and they're finding loopholes and gray areas and all that fun stuff. If you're big enough, you can always spin off your own division if you want, but they're just buying AMCs and it kind of does the same thing for them that's already built. So that's that level of it. It was meant to be a protector and a third party. I don't think it's quite there anymore. So it basically didn't didn't work out. 12 years, 13 years later. I think they're more of a nuisance than, than anything. And that changed the industry, right? Changed the industry overnight yeah. yeah you got two things involved with an appraiser you got the lender and a client what what is the difference between the two so I'm sure people have questions about that well we always get the comment and we get calls from buyers probably every month saying you just did my appraisal 
and I have questions. Or the listing agent will say, I just saw this appraisal and I have questions. Technically, because of that 2008 law, because of the separation of parties, I am not supposed to have contact with a buyer, a seller, a listing agent, a buyer agent, the mortgage originator, the mortgage underwriter, any of the underwriting team. I am supposed to have no contact with any of them by federal law, okay? If there is a legit question, it has to go back through a chain of command. I get a phone call from an AMC, appraisal management company. We have a new appraisal for you in town A. They are my client. They work on behalf of the lender now. So the lender is their client, but by default, my client, they're gonna be the user of the report. So it comes through a funnel. And then from the, the AMC, it goes to the main, main lender. The main lender sends it to the local branch or mortgage broker or whoever the third party is beyond that. And then from there, it goes to the buyer as the client. Nowhere in that process is the buyer supposed to share that report, the lender supposed to share that report with anybody outside the circle of trust, so to speak. And it happens all the time. Agents will get it, uh, local people will get it, insurance companies will get it, and you know, hey, we have a question on your appraisal. Well, you are not my client. My client is the AMC and by user, the lender, the main lender that it's being sold to or written through. Those are my clients, no one else. <laughs> How's that? It's a pretty, uh, I don't I just feel like it's just such a confusing industry and just like- The government- There's so involved. many rules. There's the so government rules. got involved. The government touches anything, it just maximizes the oversight and- So it was a lot easier before the government got involved? It was a lot easier before the government got involved and, and an appraiser can say, no, I'm not gonna play that game and you can blackmail me all you want. Mm -hmm. Go find new clients, you know? So I, I don't think it was needed, but somebody did. The buyer pays? What, what is it? What's, so the buyer pays I for the appraisal? I always get the argument, but you have to talk to me. I paid for the appraisal. And you're like, no, I don't. And no, a buyer does not pay for an appraisal. A buyer pays for closing costs. A buyer pays for a package of services to be generated by the by the lender. They are hiring the lender to get me a loan so I can buy or refinance this house. So you are going through the lender for a service. As part of the closing cost, there will be an appraisal fee. There is an attorney fee, there's title search, there's all kinds of other things involved, tape surveys to make sure the property is where it's supposed to be, flood certifications. There's a lot of things in closing costs, but just because part of that is the appraisal doesn't mean the buyer is the appraisal client at that point. You are going through lending. You are going through certification and, and banking and, and you know with the lender. The lender is hiring the appraiser to protect their butt as I began the cycle with. Okay. The, the lender uses your money to get an appraisal that benefits the bank, not the buyer. So that's why deals die. We're protecting the bank. We're protecting their butt and their collateral. I really don't think if this is foreclosed tomorrow, you're going to get what they're paying for it. That's the bottom line. So even though a buyer pays closing cost, they are not the client 
for the appraiser. Okay, well, that makes sense. And I know you've mentioned a lot that people call you and ask if they can get a copy of the appraisal, and that's you can't do that all the time. Well, technically, they're, they're not, not supposed client. to, and I can't give them one. Yeah, they are not my they're client. Not legally, your client. They are not my client, and I have people all the time. They say, "Oh, I have a copy of it." Like I said, listing agents, buyer agents, God knows. Or all of a sudden, you know, a buyer agent contacts their home inspector and the home inspector has questions on the appraisal. Nobody should be contacting the appraiser. If there's a question with the actual report, it goes back through the chain of command. The buyer goes back to the mortgage originator who goes back to the local department underwriter who goes back to the main branch, who goes back to the AMC that hired it, that goes back to the appraiser. And it gets answered in that return if it's worthy. And there are systems involved where that is supposed to flow. Um, But yeah, the buyer, the agents, none of these people should have copies. It should be a document that stays within that transaction for just the players that it is intended for. Now, does a buyer by law supposed to get a copy of the appraisal? Yes, they have paid for a service. The lender is supposed to supply that appraisal as part of the service, but that doesn't make them the client. So yes, you should get a copy of it. Well, I, I don't think you did did that. I don't think you're supposed to. But I can't give it to you direct. It's going to okay. go via the loop. Well, that clears that up for me and probably other people out there. And when you do your appraisal, you do yes. you do your comps. You you know you figure out what the home is actually worth. Yes. So your final number that you come up with might not actually be the final number. Like at the end of the day, right? It, it, it might be lower or the bank might come back at you or something it, like that. Yes. No, that's not right. Yes. There's, there's a lot of moving parts with an appraisal. And like I said, it's an opinion. And yes, appraisers as of today are still human. We are still physically out in the field. Make we are mistakes. still doing all kinds of things. So we can make mistakes. Yes, we, d- we will admit that and we will correct reports if there's a mistake. There are a potential, the MLS is not consistent. The reporting of agents into the MLS is not consistent. There are errors, there are a new construction all over the place that don't go through the MLS. Um, so that is a data pool that, that isn't even on the radar. Um, they just don't put the, the, the numbers. So if the numbers aren't there, you could miss seal, sales. Uh, multiple lenders in the system hates private deals because you can't research it and call anybody and there's just, it's a whole data pool that's missing. It's a gray area. So yes, appraisers can make mistakes. Appraisers can miss sales that may make the deal better or worse. There's also what's called the uh, AVM, Automated Value Models. Think Zillow, think Zestimate, think Realtor.com, think some of these computer software programs that gobble crap loads of data and you can say a house the average sale price in this town or this town or this neighborhood comes out to a number. Now, there's a lot of errors and a lot of mistake in a lot of that data, um, but it gives you a general ballpark. So when an appraisal comes in with a number, I think the house or the property is worth X. These automated models are in the background of the of the banking, of the lenders, and they're seeing these numbers come in and they're saying, well, this doesn't all match. And they might dig in more. They might figure out, hey, you missed this sale. That's why it doesn't match or you added two sales that we don't have in our AVMs. So they it, it, they generally will get back to the appraiser, say, what's going on? We see this, why do you see that? And they will talk with us and numbers can move, but once they move and they're satisfied with it as well as we're satisfied with it, then it's usually almost always a hard number. Then it goes back to 
can it be challenged, which is the next topic. If you are a real estate agent, buyer side, seller side, if you are a buyer or a seller and just you really want the house, I want to challenge it. There's a procedure. You're going to go back through that chain of command, as I mentioned, but realize this is what people don't realize. These forms, the real estate forms are the same from Florida to Alaska, San Diego to Caribou, Maine. The entire country operates off the same forms, the same verbiage, the same format, the same procedures. So an appraisal is an appraisal is an appraisal. We have to follow so many guidelines and rules. And again, I hope we can break these down into multiple episodes because I think the people would really enjoy listening to how we're so different than an, than, than an agent. And I need to take what's in the immediate neighborhood. I need to take the same age, the same lot size, the same room count, the same square footage, the same um, influences. If you are near a train track, a busy road, a business district, if you are near a flight path, if you are near anything that's detrimental in any way, shape or form, I need sales from a similar environment. Many agents say, oh no, we're gonna go to that new subdivision up the street and they'll get you top dollar and you might get an offer. But those aren't comparable because of the influences at your property. So you can challenge it and you can give me comps from around the neighborhood. So if, if I'm working in an environment where there's detrimental impact, external in influences of one way, shape or form, I cannot go outside to the beautiful neighborhoods and the big rural country roads and it's the same. It's an apple to apple. If you're in a country road with all kinds of land, that's what I'm looking for for a comp. Don't hand me your challenge, you know, comps just to make value. We don't care about value. We're trying to get the most probable price based on the most probable similar homes, similar properties. So we're looking for apple to apple. Agents all the time give us oranges and pears and grapes and bananas. You can hand me all those. It doesn't fit the format of what the government is looking for, what the lenders are looking for. And as this package of stuff is thrown down the, the chain of, of investment products, it can come back and haunt people. So that's why this is all so buttoned up and organized. Agents don't understand any of that. They're just trying to get max dollar. And I appreciate that. But when you challenge an appraisal, know what your, your data is, know what your facts are. All right, well, you already alluded to the challenges. I think you yeah. described that and went into detail about that. So that's gonna wrap up this episode. Unless you have anything else to say. I got nothing at the moment. I got a lot to say, but that's multiple <laughs> So this will be part one of the series. I don't know if, I don't think we're gonna do it like five straight weeks. I think we might yeah, we'll break, break it up, it up. over okay. the next few months. Because we only have four months left in this year, which is crazy. It's crazy. Flying. Uh, so yeah, it'll be it'll be won't be with back to back to back to back. We'll we'll mix it up with other other things, real estate. So we want to thank you for watching, listening to this episode. We appreciate it, and a lot of information thrown at you thrown at you again. Back to back episodes where it's been like twenty two plus minutes, and uh, so I hope you got value. Give this video a like on YouTube if you did get value. Um, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Turn on post notifications. Subscribe to the podcast. Review it on whatever podcast podcast platform you're listening to this uh, podcast on helps us and you know gives us good feedback and so we know we're on the right track so again thank you and we'll see you in episode 14